It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Brian McCormick sitting in for Ryan Wallace, live from Parkway Taverns on Flamingo Road in Vegas. This is the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. And for the VGK, uh, you could argue of their 21 wins this season, this might be one of the more satisfying victories. A 6-5 win over the Winnipeg Jets at Canada Life Center as the Golden Knights back in the win column. And for instant reaction, we're going to go back to Canada Life Center and bring back in the voice of the Golden Knights, Mr. Dan Duva. Uh, Dan, the Golden Knights... Did what they do on the road, which is score a lot of goals and win in a 6-5 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. And for a game that for about two and a half periods wasn't very special teams-centric, a huge penalty kill late in the third period on what was a Ben Hutton high sticking call, and then the power play converts twice, ended up being a big factor of the special teams game. Yeah. Hello, Brian. Good to hear from you. It's good to be here. uh, Yeah, I I go back to what Alec Martinez told us on the pregame show. And we often ask the coaches, players, you know, what's the key to the game today? What's the focus? And, you know, sometimes different things come up. And Alec brought up the importance of special teams in this game, noting how the Knights have not given opponents many power play chances Mm. over the last few games. Of course, just two against them, two times shorthanded in the last two games. Well, the Jets, of course, have had a terrific run on the power play recently. Ten power play goals in now 26 chances, including today. Uh, You know, this is the kind of stretch for the Golden Knights where the the special teams needs to come alive. They were, you know, hit and miss, but their penalty kill, 25th in the league. You know, that, and Gary mentioned it on the postgame show there a few moments ago, that kill in the third period for the Knights could be among the most significant kills of the season. Massive, Given that it's Aiden Hill and... You know, the, the, the timing of everything and, you know, the Knights on the other side scored two power play goals in the third period. And, we you know, there's the breakdown of how the Knights have been so good in first periods this year, second period, seven goals underwater, now eight, including today. In the third period, the Knights were even with opponents, 33-4, 33 against. And what do you know? They outscored the Jets in the third period today, 3-2. to two. You know, Dan, the circumstances coming into this game, and they're not just for tonight. They're going to be ongoing for a little bit with the injuries. Jack Eichel might be back sooner than not, but Shea Theodore is going to need some time. Zach Whitecloud, more time. If you're going to have those kinds of circumstances, and if Mark Scheifele is going to have a three-goal game, well, it would help if the remaining big names in your lineup have strong nights as well. And tonight, Mark Stone and Jonathan Marcheseau really came through. No doubt about that. Yeah, and it, it, it it's hard to put your finger on exactly what happens to a guy when he goes up against a former club or goes to his hometown but mark has been that kind of person first time that he has played in this building as a member of the golden knights and that's kind of crazy to think about given the amount of time that the knights have been in the league and how long mark has been a part of it coming over in the trade obviously in middle of year two but you know, you had his injuries, you had a pandemic, and so on and so on. And, you know, the Knights only come here once, sometimes twice in a year. Last year it was twice, but Mark wasn't healthy. So uh, amazing that Mark rises to the occasion, uh, as he so often has been a clutch per- performer for the Knights. And Jonathan Marsh is so, too. I mean, he's the franchise leader in pretty much everything. And to get not one but two power play goals, and that he had five all of last year, and now he's got uh, six already this season. Uh, excuse me. I forgot about one. He's got seven. (laughs) You know, he had five all last year, and then he gets two in the third period here. You know, like that's, like, you know, that's big-time stuff for Jonathan Marchessault, and he's been a big-time player. You know, he's got 14 goals now, and his career best is 30. Did it last year. Did it that one season he had with the Florida Panthers. And at this rate, he's going to have a new career high. Dan Duva hanging with us on the postgame show. You know, Dan, you and Gary both mentioned this during the game. What a good job the Golden Knights did of, of keeping things simple, clean, even in a 6-5 game. And I think Chandler Stevenson probably the best example with four assists, but turnovers in the neutral zone, quick transition in the neutral zone. The penalty on the Phil Kessel hook, when he was hooked in the face, essentially, was off him breaking away in the neutral zone. The Golden Knights really did win the neutral zone game this evening. Yes, great observation, Brian. And when watch... When we watched the Knights at practice, and, of course, they had traveled yesterday, so they didn't practice yesterday. But you watch morning skate today, you go back to their last practice, which was at home, and you watch just some of the little drills that they do. And it's an example, you know, that kind of 
neutral zone entry, finding the play, you know, finding a teammate in the neutral zone so you can gain the line cleanly. That's the kind of thing that Bruce Cassidy is thinking about when he refers to the lack of practice time the Knights have enjoyed here in the first part of this season, given the schedule, the travel, and uh, the number of games in a relatively short period of time. Knights have played three more games than have the Jets. Only one team in the league has played more games than the Knights. So you get to the point where you maximize that time. You know, Bruce Cassidy described the practice on Saturday as really a walkthrough, almost a morning skate type of practice for the Bruins game because that game was at 5 o'clock. Anyhow, uh, some of those little things that they do work on when they have the time would be the neutral zone entries, and I think that's a great observation, and you could see it in multiple uh, aspects of today's contest. Well, Dan, I don't want you to miss the bus uh, <laughs> out of the building, but you already touched on Daniil Miramanov a great amount, and what a great night for him. Overall, any closing thoughts before you head uh, to tropical Chicago? <laughs> I hope that there's uh, the snowstorm coming through the Midwest doesn't interfere with our travel plans. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think about what you brought up a moment ago, the absent players and how guys can step up and fill in. And Bruce Cassidy says you don't need to be Alex Petrangelo. You don't need to be Shea Theodore. You don't need to be Zach Whitecloud. You've got to be the best version of yourself. And uh, Neil Miramanov is figuring out what that means at the NHL level, but he took a huge stride today in getting closer to that discovery. Ben Hutton was solid again. Bruce loved Ben Hutton's game the other day against Boston, best one that he had played this year. You know, Braden Bahal in a tough spot, just getting called up and just his third NHL game. And he didn't play as much as the other guys, but he did not cause any big problems. You know, he, he, uh, you know, he made a couple of good plays that come to mind. I think that uh, given the circumstances right now, they're gonna be with this group. Maybe Caden Korzak gets a game, we'll see. But I think that uh, the, the hopes of Knights fans wondering what would it look like in the absence of Petrangelo, White Cloud, and Theodore, I think you've got to feel a lot better about it now than you might have 24 hours ago. Well, Dan, definitely a, a win that the Gold Knights are going to enjoy for the next 36 hours or so before they get back at it. A 6-5 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Dan Duva, really appreciate you hanging out with us, and we look forward to tuning in to you and Gary's call from Chicago on Thursday. Thank you, Brian, and I enjoy hearing uh, you here on the show. But, of course, your calls on the Silver Knights. you got half a Silver Knights lineup here, it seems like. So I'm eager to tune in and hear your thoughts on what you've seen here from especially Daniil Miramanov, among the other guys up from Henderson. You know, it always seems to work out that way, Dan. Whenever there's a handful of guys up there, they bring it. It's well-timed. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Dan, thanks so much. Great having you, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, Brian, good night. That is Dan Duva from Canada Life Center. We'll step out when we... Come back. We will resume with our post-game coverage. Take you through the highlights. There's a lot of them. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show presented by AAA Insurance, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the VGK Radio Network. Like that. Um, at the end of the day, you got to play the game in front of you, and, and uh, we needed some goals tonight to overcome some mistakes, and we got them. I think so. That is it impressive that they were able to overcome everything given the injury situation and the quality of the opponent I, I, I look more at the quality of the opponent that's a real, real good goaltender over there so to get five on him is not going to happen every night we, we, we saw it in our building right I think it I don't know how many chances it took just to get one or two so um, good for us for hanging in there uh, the injuries that listen other guys get an opportunity look at Miro tonight he's very good you know he's making plays he's skating I thought Pahal was good so that part of it, you just got to rely on your guys to, to step up. I think it, where it gets tough for them, if they're asked to do too much night after night after night after night, right, and then you'll find out if they're ready for the NHL. But um, at the end of the day, our, our, our power play came through, which was kind of nice because it's been hit or miss this year at times. And a timely goal, uh, we didn't get one the other night against Boston, and we got two tonight, so um, good for them. The Jets, I mean, their penalty kill is, is way up near the top of the NHL. I mean, how did you guys get past that? Well, I mean, we ran some plays on uh, Mark Stone's side and Marcia So's side, some sort of goal line to the slot plays, and I think that ended up, after a while, freeing up Marcia So's shot. And sometimes, honestly, it's just puck recovery and then rotate it to the net. That's what happened the last one. We won some pucks back. I think Mark Stone did a great job with that below the goal line a couple times. and. I think that's where I know we've been exposed at times. If we don't get the clear, you get fatigued, you get running around and um, and well-placed shots, right? And um, 
that's basically, you know, we had a plan coming in to, to, to run some of those low plays and um, it ends up we score from the elbow, so go figure. <clears throat> what did you see from Mark Stone's game overall? Uh, I thought he had more juice tonight. Um, saw his folks last night, so probably gave him a pep talk and off he went, so good for him, back to his hometown. Um, sometimes the puck's following you. Uh, he made some real nice plays holding on to it around the blue line a couple times. Um, even when we didn't score. So he just, he had good composure in areas where they weren't playing through his hands. So he held on to pucks and then uh, was able to make some plays. And he, he's always going to go to the net. The, the the rebound goal from Hag, you know, he's always around there. So those are going to happen every night. But I, I, I liked his composure making plays. What did you think of Miro's first NHL game? Is it reward for effort? Uh, uh, he's played a few for us now. But um, he, he's done a good job moving his feet. Um, he's just got to be a little more, he's got good puck skills and he moves the puck and he can shoot it. And we saw that the one that went through Hellebuck that Stevenson missed it at the goal post there in the second period. That's where Miro, Miro needs to make a, a difference for us, right? Get involved, join the rush, got one goal that way. Uh, he's a big man, so we'll, t we'll, we'll teach him how to defend better. Uh, all those things that when you, when you come from Europe over here, it's a little bit of a different game, but the offensive side of it, we, we, we want to keep encouraging to get that out of him. Can you share your thought on Stevenson? Not too often before this coming. Yeah, he was, you know, it's funny. Jack goes out and he's really stepped up his game in the middle. We moved him to left wing on that line. Um, you know, our team got going and he was playing with Jack and Stoney and really helped on the draw. Have another center for Jack uh, on the ice always helps. So but put him back in the middle and he, he was very assertive tonight with his pace. I think he had two he was in there twice. Uh, he's got such deceptive speed that you don't, you know, you can pre-scout it and say, hey, it can really go, and all of a sudden, he's, until you see him fly by you um, with an effortless stride, I don't think you truly appreciate it. So, um, again, we needed those guys, um, especially if we can't keep it out of our network. You know, have to get some offense, and we were able to do it tonight. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Brian McCormick sitting in for Ryan Wallace, coming to you live from Parkway Tavern on Flamingo Road in Vegas. It's an extended post-game show night, so plenty more to come throughout the evening, but just hearing from Bruce Cassidy there as he was addressing the media outside the Golden Knights locker room in Winnipeg following a 6-5 Golden Knights win over the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, again, you hear him talk about uh, Daniil Miramanov, just a monster night for Daniil Miramanov, a goal and three points. Uh, the first goal of his NHL career and just doing such a, a good job of recognizing when to jump into the play, when to join the rush, when to sit back and get shots through. And as Bruce Cassidy mentioned, part of the game that they're going to work on with him, and it's every player has something to, to, to develop, even if the, they're in the NHL level at a young age, things to improve on and make better. They're going to try to polish the defensive side of his game, make that more stout, make that more strong, but he's going to be at his best when he's producing offensively, and uh, Daniil Miramanov did that tonight. A night when Mark Stone had two goals and Jonathan Marcheseau two as well. And the Golden Knights on the road finding the back of the net. They get their 21st win of the season. And they get their 13th road victory of the season, 13-2-1 now on the road. Take a quick look at our post-game injury report. The post-game injury report brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Nothing to report new, at least at this point, from uh, what's come across my desk, but remind you of the updates earlier today given by head coach Bruce Cassidy that Jack Eichel remains day-to-day, -day, Shea Theodore week-to-week, -week, and Zach Whitecloud month-to-month. Golden Knights hope to uh, start putting some pieces back in the lineup soon, but in the meantime, young players coming through and doing nicely in Winnipeg. We'll hop back out. When we come back, we'll take you through the highlights of tonight's contest. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, you're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Back live from Parkway Tavern on Flamingo Road, Brian McCormick sitting in for Ryan Wallace on the Vegas Golden Knights post-game show, presented by AAA Insurance. Golden Knights fans with the Golden Knights win this evening. You win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu-priced pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using VGK Wins. That's the code VGK Wins on PizzaHut.com. Well, a 6-5 final. That means there's a lot to take you through with our post-game highlights, and let's get right to it. 
The Winnipeg Jets got on the board first. They did so midway through the first period when Josh Morrissey's wrister caught a piece of Mark Shifley and skipped past Aiden Hill for a 1-0 Winnipeg lead. Morrissey shoots it. A deflected puck goes in. And the Jets take a 1-0 lead. Josh Morrissey extends his scoring streak to six games. Shifley was in front. And I believe he was the last one to get a piece. He was kind of checked to the ice by Daniil Miramanov, but in the process of getting in that shooting lane, Morrissey's drive, and a wrister goes off of Shifley. The puck was going wide right, Gary. It ended up going left, and Aiden Hill could not react, even though he reached out with his arm. Well, a night full of wacky caroms. That was the first. Mark Shifley with a pretty redirect for his 16th of the season from Josh Morrissey and Blake Wheeler at 9.22 of the first period. That made it one nothing Jets. Golden Knights would respond relatively quickly, however. Just two minutes and eight seconds later, Riley Smith carried the puck into the zone and found the trailer. Daniil Miramanov for his first NHL goal to tie the game. Wheeler on the right boards, lost it to Carlson, who springs Smith off the left side. He pulls into the slot. Back for Miramanov, shoots, he scores! Daniil Miramanov, his first National Hockey League goal, set up on the rush by Riley Smith. The righty Miramanov from the high right side goes low on Connor Hellebuck to tie the game. 8.30 to go in the first period. Daniil Miramanov is first in the National Hockey League, and his night was just getting going. Riley Smith and William Carlson, the helpers, at 11.30 of the first period, tied the game at 1. Late in the first period, just about as late as you can get in the first period, the Golden Knights would snag their first lead as Nick Haig put a puck on net that was juggled by Connor Hellebuck. Mark Stone was there for the rebound. Collision along the wall. Knights get it. Five seconds left. Haig, a one-time shot save. Rebound, score! Mark Stone on the doorstep for the rebound goal. The Knights take a 2-1 lead with 1.6 seconds to go in the opening period. Mark Stone at 19.58 of the first gets his 11th from Nick Haig and Chandler Stevenson. Golden Knights had a 2-1 lead in the second period midway through. The Jets would even things up. Morgan Barron in tight. Sandberg shot stopped. Rebound. Low stop. Rebound. Score! The Jets have tied it 2-2. Two Morgan Barron gets his third of the season from Adam Lowry and Dylan Sandberg at 11-16 of the second period. That tied the game at two, but shortly after that, just over four minutes later, the Golden Knights would respond again. Chandler Stevenson forcing a neutral zone turnover, breaking in with Mark Stone and setting up Stone for his second of the night. Kessel, a steal in the neutral zone. Stevenson coming ahead. Stevenson toward the goal, hands it off, score! Stevenson for Stone. The Knights take the lead back three to two. Mark Stone's second of the day, 12th of the year. 3-2 Golden Knights, 4.26 to go in the second period. Mark Stone's second of the night, his 12th of the season from Chandler Stevenson at 15.34 of the second. Golden Knights are back in front, but in the punch-counterpunch uh, -punch model of tonight's game, that lead did not last long. Just 39 seconds later, a long shot from Brendan Dillon. Sam Gagne got a piece to tie the game once again. The Knights struggled to produce offense the last few games. Got three goals, all at even strength here today. Now a left point shot tipped in front. The Jets have scored. That tied the game at three. Sam Gagne's fourth of the season on the deflection from Brendan Dillon and Kevin Stenland at 16-13 of the second. Winnipeg Jets would take a power play into the third period. It wouldn't take them long to jump in front. Just 41 seconds into the final frame. Mark Shifley put Winnipeg on top. Wheeler to the outside right. Connor to the left. Shifley shoots, he scores! One-time shot for Mark Shifley. From the left circle, the Jets take a 4-3 lead in the opening minute of the third period. Two goals today for Mark Shifley. Shifley's second of the night, his 17th of the season on the power play from Kyle Connor at 41 seconds of the third period. That made it 4-3 Jets. Golden Knights would get their power play opportunities and they would take advantage. Daniil Miramanov setting up Jonathan Marchessault to tie the game once again. Out to the point, Miramanov. Left wall, Marchessault. Right, he shoots, he scores! How did that one get through? Marchessault from the left side, hit the spot, he ties it 4-4. Jonathan Marchessault, his 
13th of the season on the power play from Daniil Miramanov and Chandler Stevenson at 9.38 of the third period. That tied the game once again, but the Golden Knights would go in front on another man advantage late in the period. Jonathan Marcheseau, another feed from Daniil Miramanov to make it 5-4 Vegas. The right goes rink-wide. Deflected pass got to Stevenson, right corner. Up top, Miramanov to the left. One-timer, he scores! Marcheseau, power play goal! 5-4 Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcheseau with his second power play goal of the period. 14 goals on the year for Marcheseau. And the Knights have their first lead since it was 3-2 Vegas late in the second period. Marcheseau gets his second of the period, second of the night, 14th of the season. Once again on the power play from Daniil Miramanov and Chandler Stevenson at 17:44 of the third period. But the Golden Knights on top, they would never trail again. And for Daniil Miramanov, a three-point night for Chandler Stevenson, four assists in tonight's contest. Golden Knights would give themselves some breathing room in the last minute and a half of regulation time with William Carlson hitting the empty net. McNabb gets control. He fires it forward. It goes off of Smith. Now Carlson at center, across the line. He shoots. He scores. Empty net goal for William Carlson. The Knights extend the lead. 6-4 Vegas. A minute 24 to go. Carlson took every possible second he could, as patient as could be. Rips home his seventh goal of the year. And the Knights have pulled away. First time that either team has had a multi-goal lead today. William Carlson into an empty net. His seventh of the season from Riley Smith and Braden McNabb at 18.36 of the third period. Just for good measure and to make Dan Duva and Gary Lawless hang out just a little bit longer at Canada Life Center. With two seconds left on the clock, Mark Shifley would complete the hat trick. Dylan in. sends it back around behind. McNabb blocks the centering pass. Three seconds. Centering pass and a shot. Score with one second left. Shifley from the left goal line has a hat trick, but it'll be too late. Mark Shifley scores his third of the game, 18th of the year. And hats now reluctantly get tossed onto the ice with one second to go. Knights were thinking hat trick for Stone or for Marcheseau. Nope, it's Shifley. One of the least celebrated hat-tricks you'll ever see. Shifley, his third of the night, 18th of the season from Dubois and Dillon and 1958 of the third period. Golden Knights would win 6-5, largely in part because of one of the late saves made by Aiden Hill on the penalty kill against Kyle Connor, our AAA insurance save of the game. Isimont up the wall, the left sneaks it in front, off a stick. Connor shoots, shut down. Hill to his right, makes the save on Kyle Connor. That's our AAA insurance save of the game. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. Well, it was 6-5 in the dying seconds, and Dan Duva would take us the rest of the way. 1.7 on the clock. They've reset it. Ready to go. Center ice. 6-5 nights. Here we go. Gustafson lost it to Stevenson. The horn signals game over. Golden Knights, another come from behind third period victory. Golden Knights six, Jets five, and the Knights sweep the season series from the Jets. Winnipeg does get one standings point. One of the Vegas wins was in overtime. However, the Knights get six out of a possible six against the Jets this year. And that was the final horn as the Vegas Golden Knights, a 6-5 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. And again, a gutsy win that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to feel very, very strongly about. As they get back in the win column, they increase their positioning atop the Pacific Division. And a lot of the newcomers to the lineup over the last week contributing to help make tonight's win happen. Daniil Miramanov above all else. Vegas Golden Knights, the 6-5 win. We will allow that to wrap up this portion of the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. When we come back, the extended postgame show. We want to hear from you. Presented by Dollar Loan Center. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Well, the night goes on at Parkway Tavern on Flamingo Road in Vegas. This is the extended post-game show as the Vegas Golden Knights take down the Winnipeg Jets 6-5. 
Brian McCormick here with you, sitting in for Ryan Wallace, who is day-to-day due to illness. And plenty to cover for the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, just a, a really impressive road performance in a game that was, you know, a 6-5 game. There's 11 goals scored. You think it might be a free-for-all. There were some wacky caroms. By and large, we just saw two teams with good net front presence and uh, special teams taking over in the third period. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, for the Golden Knights, I think they stuck a lot to the game plan that we talked about uh, at the uh, start of the evening during the pregame show. As we'll go through it uh, quickly, the news, notes, numbers, and highlights of tonight's contest with our game recap brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. For the Golden Knights, I, I think the the neutral zone battle was the most important in the first half of the game where they were able to manage the uh managed the Jets who looked like they wanted to push the play and it was the quick transition decision making for the Golden Knights to get up ice to beat players through the neutral zone and then take advantage of the transition game and that's what we saw in the Daniil Miramanov goal that was Riley Smith sprung ahead in the neutral zone by William Carlson and he had time to throw on the brakes look over his shoulder wait for a trailer and Daniil Miramanov with the finish so the Golden Knights great recognition great responsible hockey in the neutral zone and maybe got uh, we're able to take advantage of the Jets being a little bit ambitious between the blue lines. And then Connor Hellebuck this evening, who seemed like he was having a hard time tracking the puck from distance uh, between the Miramanov goal that beats some blockers side, a bit of a long-range shot from Jonathan Marcheseau that you're used to seeing Connor Hellebuck come up with, and even some rebound trouble like the Mark Stone goal in the first period. Uh, the Golden Knights recognized that pucks towards the on Connor Hellebuck. This was a night when there was some vulnerability, and there were Johnny on the spot more than once. Let's go to the phones. Let's get you involved right away. And by the way, if you're looking to call in and talk about tonight's win, 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the extended postgame show with Brian McCormick. Well, Brian, welcome to the party, my friend. Thank you, Mike. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad to be invited. Getting to hang out with Jed here at, uh, at Parkway Tavern. We've been having a good night all night long. Yeah, I bet you have. And, and well, and certainly get well soon, Ryan. We miss you, of course. Uh, but uh, on the, the subject of the game and uh, some other subjects, if you give me a moment. For sure. Uh, it's a big night for Russians, I'll say that. Miramanov and then Ovechkin just throws in a hat trick for number 800. Yes, he did. It's just ridiculous. Three three anyway, members of the 800 goal uh, club now. It's Gretzky, it's Howe, and it's Ovechkin. And that's it, man. And, and I, I just, unless he gets injured, he'll pass the Gretzky one of these days. But uh, the truth is, injuries are always, it seems like, a major part of this sport. And unfortunately, a big part of the Golden Knights as well. Now, the, you're the best person to answer this, and it's, I'm really grateful that you're ha- you happen to be on the show tonight. You know, we don't build our team through drafting kids. We just have never done it. People like Cody Glass and and uh, you know and so on have just not worked out. By the way, before I ask this question, how is Brendan Brisson? What's his status? Brendan Brisson is fine. He's day to day and uh, very very close. He's been skating regularly, so uh, I believe the expectation is that we should see him uh, very very soon. Good. Good. But the, the point is is that you, you, you can't count on people to come up to the Golden Knights that are, have been drafted in the first round or the second round. So you know this Silver Knights team better than anybody. And you've watched a rather mediocre 9-15 and 15 squad. Who in the world is going to help this squad, the, the big boys, the major league team, as time goes by and these injuries are going to take a while to heal? Who's going to be the big the names that we should look for. You know, I think I think a lesson that we learn from this is that for the Golden Knights, you mentioned that there haven't been too many of the high draft picks that have made their way, but at the same time, you know, this has been a team trying to win a cup for the last five-plus seasons, and when you do that, you're going to push the chips in the middle of the table sometimes, so that's to be expected. But you look at this Golden Knights team right now, you know, who contributed last season during a very challenging injury stretch. Jake LeCision, Jonas Romberg, a third-round pick. Paul Cotter's a fourth-round pick. So the Golden Knights have actually done a pretty decent job in finding talent in the middle rounds. I know that some of the guys that are called on night one of the draft haven't always ended up wearing a gold sweater, but for the most part, the Golden Knights have been able to find pieces in the middle rounds and then support that with transactions elsewhere. To answer your question, you know, I think right now, 
right now called up Jonas Rombjörg, Caden Korzak, Braden Pahal, who played a solid game tonight. He only played two NHL games last year, so this is him getting back into the NHL swing. He brings some physicality, some sandpaper, some nastiness. I think that one of the things Bruce Cassidy mentioned earlier today you know, this is a team that's pretty well prepared to handle injuries because of what they did last year. They've kind of gotten the crash course in it. So looking at what the Silver Knights have right now, yes, there's there's players down there. I, th- I think the players that they think are, are the most ready to contribute and to, to help plug this gap are the ones they called up today. Braden Pahal was called up, and I should say yesterday. Braden Pahal, Jonas Romburg up, Caden Korzak up. You know, two of those players were in street clothes tonight. So that's going to help plug that gap a little bit. Um, okay, but, but I think I think so far a lot of the players that have been asked to to fill that gap. So far, the decisions Cotters and Miramanovs, especially tonight, have done an okay job at it. I thought so too, but it's so early, and unfortunately, we don't know about the home games yet. That's the strangest dichotomy about the team is that they don't play well at home, and they've got to start doing that. We all know that. Uh, is a Brendan Brisson, do you feel, going to be ready? If he had to be, would he be ready by, say, February or March to make the big squad? You know, that's hard to say, uh, Mike, and thank you for the call. You know, Brendan Brisson has uh, missed some time earlier this season. I think they'd like to let him develop and let him find his dominant scoring touch at the AHL level. You know, again, it's been a bit of a touch-and-go start for him just getting on the ice regularly. Uh, but he had such a, a flash-in-the-pan uh, finish to last year when he joined the Silver Knights and had, it was uh, six points in the first uh, three games, if I'm not mistaken. He had a great start. And then, you know, you, you start to learn the league and you start to try to find it on night-in, night-out basis and learn how to be a professional. I think the Golden Knights are very happy having Brendan Brisson, Lucas Cormier, Daniel Cheka, that next wave of youth, spend some time in Henderson, Find a way to do some winning because the Silver Knights got off to a rough start. Look like they're they're having a better last couple of weeks. Try to find their footing that way. And I think for the Silver uh, for the Golden Knights, they want to be patient with those guys because as much as you say they need to find some solutions, and I totally understand what you're referencing, Mike, with finding some success at home. They're 21 nine and one, 13 two and one, and they just won a game against a first place Winnipeg team uh, with uh, significant pieces missing. I think Bruce Cassidy's able to be patient, and I think his system is one that allows players with less experience to come in in a structured setting and have instant success without having to overextend themselves. As he said, Braden Pahal just needs to be Braden Pahal, and that's going to be a formula for them to win hockey games to get through this stretch that hopefully uh, comes to a, a, a bit of a better uh, health status sooner than later. Let's go to Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie, you're on the extended postgame show. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Doing great, Stephanie. Thanks for hopping on. So, um... Of course, wishing Ryan the best. Hope that he feels better soon. Um, it's good to know that when we need a call up, if Ryan's missing, that uh, we have the excellent Brian McCormack to come on. So thank you for the pregame, postgame, and intermission reports for us today. Um, I'll be honest with you. Everything that I say on the air, Ryan is just feeding me through a teleprompter. <laughs> well, I I don't know if I believe that, but Ryan is great too. Uh, this was very. This is a game that. I, I think that we all expected would probably be high scoring against us because we're missing the entire right side of our defense. But it, it was good to see the other areas of the game, the team pulled together and were able to do it. I mean, two power play goals, uh, got some very important penalty kills when we needed it. Um, something that has been kind of plaguing them a little bit through the season is not being able to bury those empty netters. And William Carlson hitting that one ended up keeping this game from going to overtime with two seconds left. So, you know, as hard as it is to be, you know, missing players and having such a hard time on defense, it was good to see that the rest of, like I said, the rest of the areas, they were able to step up and do what needed to be done to pull a win out of Winnipeg tonight. Yeah, Stephanie, you're, you're right. And William Carlson also took a pretty decent jolt after that empty netter, too. He was uh, tight to the wall when he let that one go. Uh, but you're, you're right, a little bit of breathing room, absolutely significant. But for the Golden Knights, you know, so often uh, with this great road record they've had, it's because they've started so well on the road. And they fell behind in the first period, but the first 10 minutes or so, a little bit of a bend-don't-break mentality, but they were able to hang tough. But then once they were able to get 
on the board with a Miramanov goal. The, the late goal at the end of the first period, two seconds left for Mark Stone, I think was so significant to let them get through 20 minutes, not only feeling good about themselves, but being able to kind of dictate the flow of the game going forward. If it's going to be a punch-counterpunch kind of night, you want to punch first. And having control of the game at the end of the first period, I think, was significant. But this was a night where, you know, this was not Connor Hellebuck's best night. And six goals against it, five, if we take away the empty netter, would indicate that. But he was laying long-range wristers, beat him, especially blocker's side. Uh, he didn't look like he was tracking it particularly well. And with that, the Golden Knights, they didn't have a, a ridiculous number of shots. They had 33 shots tonight. But they got pucks to the net, they got bodies to the net, and they were relentless in that sense. So I think for the Golden Knights, it was a responsible game. It was a game they handled, uh, again, in in what was going to be a bit of an ebb and flow contest. They let their transition game do the work, and while they gave up goals on deflections, on some of the in-zone possession time that you're going to have to deal with against a team like Winnipeg, this was a game where the Golden Knights had the better neutral zone transition game. They were the team that generated odd man rushes and took advantage of them, and I think that's one of the reasons why what became a little bit of a back and forth in the third period, they were able to have the wherewithal to finish. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those games where they had to outscore their problems and were able to do it. <laughs> and st- Stephanie, thank you for the call. You're, you're absolutely right in the sense you're going to have games like this sometimes. You're not going to win them all either, but on nights where... You know, and Aiden Hill made some good stops when he had to. He made a huge one in the third period on on Kyle Connor that uh, is even more significant in retrospect now. But for the Golden Knights, just a a really good stay with it. Every game has its own rhythm. And this was one of those ones where it feels like whoever had the puck last was going to win. And for the Golden Knights, at the end of the game, their special teams had to be the difference in a game that largely didn't feel like a special teams contest. There weren't a lot of penalties through the first uh, two and a half periods. But Marcia So with two power play goals, a really big kill on the high-sticking minor on Ben Hutton. The uh, the special teams were significant at the end, and uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, alluded to that in his post-game comments as well. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get Zach on the line as well. Zach, we know you're uh, waiting. We'll get to you. This is the extended post-game show. Golden Knights 6-5 winners tonight over the Jets and presented by Dollar Loan Center. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. We roll along on the extended VGK postgame show. Brian McCormick here with you sitting in for Ryan Wallace. Join the Golden Knights at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas for Merry and Bright with the Golden Knights from 3 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, December 18th. Enjoy skating at the ice rink, specialty cocktails and visits from Chance, the Knights crew, and select players. That's at the Cosmo on December 18th from 3 to 6 p.m. for Merry and Bright with the VGK. Golden Knights, 6-5 winners over the Winnipeg Jets tonight, and it was a night for milestones. Not only does Daniil Miramanov get his first NHL goal, but Mark Stone, the Winnipeg native, back home playing at Canada Life Center for the first time as a member of the Golden Knights with a two-goal game, and with those two points, now 500 points for Mark Stone in his NHL career, 500 points in 572 games. A strong night for Mark Stone and a strong night overall for the big names that do remain in the VGK lineup. Stone and Marcia, so two goals apiece. Chandler Stevenson, a four-assist performance. Let's head back to the phones on the extended post-game show. Zach, you're on with Brian McCormick. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, Zach. Great to have you on. Yeah, so I was just wondering, we know Stone and Stevenson can carry a line and the misses are great. Is there any wingers that the Knights could bring in or anyone that uh, would fit in our salary cap situation to possibly move Eichel and then have three scoring lines? Who should we be looking for uh, in that you know competition of who's get, who they're going to trade for? That's interesting. So now, again, if, if you insert Eichel back into the lineup, again, right now this evening for stretches, Paul Cotter was playing up in the top six. So if you bring Eichel back in, You've got Eichel, Stevenson, Stone, Marcia So, Smith, and Carlson. And you're looking for another that you, you would want to bump someone down is what you would think? Yeah, I think like kind of like how they started the season where Stevenson, Carlson, and uh, Eichel were three different on three different lines. Keep that because we know Stone and Stevenson can carry a line. We know the misfits can work. So is there someone they could bring in to put Stone or to put Eichel on and have three scoring lines and then keep Wall on the fourth line. 
Understood. a winger that would work. You know, they kind of mentioned it uh, in some interviews that they were going to bring in a winger. I was just wondering who who we should be looking for. Yeah, you know, Zach, that's 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 interesting. You know, there's you know, there's not a lot of cap space. There's room for another contract, uh, but there, there's not a ton of wiggle room there. I don't honestly know how big of a swing they're going to want to take in that kind of uh, market. Of course, you're going to do anything you can to make the team better, and when it comes time to trade deadline time, they'll be in those conversations. There's always tweaks and tinkers you can move. Uh, But right now, the way this team is put together, I actually wonder if this is an opportunity, this window of time here, to do a little bit of learning of what this organization has depth-wise. So to say, to, to go on that note, Golden Knights are 21-9-1, 43 points. They've got some breathing room uh, above most of the division. Obviously, the Kraken have games in hand. So, you know, it, it's not that they're uh, free and clear above the Pacific. But right now, the record is strong. The trend is pretty strong. And that's going through an injury-riddled period. So if you look at some of the big names that are going to be out there and guys on the trade market, you know, if, if Chicago's looking to loosen things up, you know, I have no idea. If they're in those conversations, obviously, if they were, it would require uh, some some rather significant maneuvering. But right now, you've got a team that just went toe to toe with the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg and won, and did it without three really big names. You know, you're going to get Jack Eichel back relatively soon. You know, Shea Theodore is going to be back sooner than later. Losing Zach Whitecloud is uh, is a challenge for a long stretch. But that's where I say. You've got time to to maneuver right now. You've got time to give players a little bit of rope and see what they can do with it. So I think for Daniil Miramanov, we heard a lot about his his journey tonight. Uh, and if you look at the leagues he's played in over the last handful of years, ECHL, AHL, QMJHL, it's like an anagram if you list them all out. He also was a, a player who played a decent amount of forward before they converted him to defense. And at the start of the year was probably a guy who could have competed, would have given the, the coaching staff something at the very least to think about in training camp had he not been recovering from injury. You got some ch- time here. Give him a little bit of rope to, to put more responsibility on him, see what he can do. That's that's from the back end. When you bring Jack Eichel back in, you've got Phil Kessel on your third line right now. This is not a team that lacks significant uh, depth. If there's a player of, of the bottom six variety that they can bring in, that they can augment, uh, that doesn't cause the, uh, force them to do cap gymnastics, that's the kind of move you might need to make. We're a long way from the trade deadline. But there's... You know, there's not necessarily a lot that needs to be done right now. When they're playing well, the results are there. They're scoring on the road. The offense is there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, if, if you listen to Dan Duva tonight, Chandler Stevens had four assists tonight. He's producing offensively, but he hasn't scored a goal in 16 games now. You know, a couple of players have gone a little bit dry while Jonathan Marcheseau has been doing pretty big things and Mark Stone joining in tonight as well. The solution probably is getting a few of those guys to uh, – you know, progress to the to the mean a little bit. Chandler Stevenson's going to score goals. William Carlson, Riley Smith are going to score more goals. I think when you get Jack Eichel back and get healthier and, and augment those guys, their production in terms of finishing, that's going to change that that conversation a little bit. I don't know if the Vegas Golden Knights right now are in shopping mode so much as they are in okay with injuries. We're still doing some pretty good things. Let's find out what our supporting cast looks like, what depth we have, both on our roster and through guys called up like Jonas Romberg, Caden Korzak, that can answer some more questions as the season goes along. So, Zach, thank you for calling. Appreciate your uh, input there. Let's go to Steven. Steven, what do you got for us tonight? Hey, Brian. How are you doing tonight? I'm feeling to here for Ryan. First time I've you know, talked to you, actually, since I uh, started watching this tonight. Steven, I'm having a lot of fun, and Ryan Wallace is so kind that he lets me ha- he lets me hop in and do some cool things. And as everyone has said, and I uh, echo it, I hope Ryan Wallace is feeling much much better uh, and is back in the seat where he belongs real soon. Oh, uh, don't we all? I'm, we, we're not having him on here tonight, but yeah, I hope he's doing well. Uh, yeah, I wanted to also build on uh, what you said there about the uh, the depth story. I, I'm actually really impressed overall with how the Knights have been able to score kind of like on all three on all four lines. I know the uh, third line at times this year has not looked anywhere close to as good as, say, like the top six or at times on the fourth line. And I would make the argument that, yeah, if you could find an upgrade on the bottom six, maybe and throw out to the third line to improve it, I would make that move. But I am also uh, interested in how some of these uh, Silver Knights players are bringing up, say, like Ron Gierg or, say, uh, in in the case of Miriam Adolph tonight, if 
he can insert any of those guys and say, like, man, I'm going to play forward for a little bit. I'm kind of interested to see how that could work, too. And I guess, uh, Brian, since I have you on, um, with Miramedov, I have always actually been really impressed with this guy. I, I always like, uh, when I watch Silver Knights games, I love how he's a really fast skater. I, I noticed that he's got some really crisp puck handling. Um, and shoot, tonight with getting the three points of the goal and the two assists, I feel like he's got a really good uh, vision on the ice to make good plays with the puck. Is that something that like he's just been progressively getting better at, or has he like always had that? Yeah, you know, Stephen. Over the course of last season, it really, it really kicked in. He was among the best offensive defensemen in the American Hockey League. But I think. When you actually, and I'm sure if you were listening to the broadcast with Dan and, and with Gary, you, you can hear it in his voice uh, for the times you've heard him speak. There's a remarkable calmness about Daniil Miramanov, uh, intellectually and, and athletically. And he will take his time with the puck. He knows how to find space, but he also knows uh, when the space he's standing in is what's best available to him. He's not going to rush the puck up ice uh, into a crowd. He'll sit back, he'll survey, he'll find the right opening, and he'll take his shots. If it's there, he'll he'll make a play. If it's not, he'll live to fight another day. But something that Daniil Miramau has done so well uh, over the last season is he gets pucks through and he jumps into open space very cleverly. He's... He'll sit at the blue line where he's supposed to be. He's not going to have to dive down to the post, though. He'll hop into that little dead area just above the hash marks, that that area that's uh, too low for the winger to cover down and too high for the defenseman to go out to him. And he'll jump in and he'll jump out. And he'll it, almost uh, like prowling. And that's something he does very, very well. So, you know, I, I think, and Gary Lawless has spoken about this in the past, too, when he's done Silver Knights broadcasts with me. Daniel Miramanov shoots to score goals. Some guys shoot to get it through. Some guys shoot for tips. He's not averse to that. But if he's open, if he's got room to step into one, he's looking for twine and he's, he's shooting for a target. And we saw tonight the goal against uh, Connor Hellebuck, which had a little bit of uh, English on it, or Russian, he speaks both fine. The point is it dipped significantly. Uh, he's, he's shooting for corners. And that's uh, he's only going to get more and more confident. And I think the impressive thing for Miramanov, for a player who's had the, the saga that he's had to reach the National Hockey League. He's not arrogant, but he's very calm. And I think that feeds him very well, especially with the role that they're asking him to play, which is really without Alex Petrangelo, without Shea Theodore. You know, th- what they need a little bit of is someone who can produce a bit from the back end or at least be dangerous from the back end. So, you know, sometimes you ask a young player to step in and not do too much. Bruce Cassidy's not asking Daniil Miramanov to be anything but himself. But he's also putting him in a position, if Daniil Miramanov is going to be himself, it's going to be producing offensively. And Miramanov uh, looks looks comfortable. Yeah, I, I really like his game. Uh, when he's with Henderson, I think he's one of the best players, if not the best player on the ice when he's out there uh, anchoring the letter blue line that he's on. And I feel like his ceiling, if he can stay with the Gold Knights for a period of time here, I think it's extremely high. With his uh, background, it's a little bit of a forward as well that deadly accurate shot like he could be a really dangerous defenseman um growing into the national hockey league if he gets a pretty nice opportunity here with the gold guys i mean it obviously sucks with uh or being injured that he has to step in to uh take over for him or wild cloud which whichever one he's coming in for it sucks in that regard but at the same time the next man up mentality is in here and i think Marimanoff might be one of the best if not probably the best type of defenseman you can call up in a situation like this so I'm really excited for him as well. And uh, while we're at it, uh, real quick, if I can ask one more question. Uh, for Carl, uh, what can we expect out of him while he's up with the Golden Knights? For sure, Stephen, and thank you for the call. You're absolutely – Daniil Miramanov has uh, ability. He has confidence. He's a little bit more polished because he played some NHL hockey last year. He's a little bit older. To give you, again, more perspective on his personality, the other Russian players in the system for the Silver Knights, your Dorofiev, Morozov, Marashev, uh, Daniil Miramanov is basically the translator for whenever they have uh, media opportunities. So there's a maturity there. There's a leadership element there. Daniel Cheka has very much uh, made it a point to, to follow what Daniil Miramanov does. Uh, so uh, there's a lot to like about Daniil Miramanov. And again, for the Golden Knights right now, we're midway through the, not even midway through the season, uh, and they're not on the bubble of a wild card spot or whatnot. They're very, very well positioned. So they are in a position now, especially with the injuries they have, 
they might need some of these guys to be answers. So let's find out now how much of an answer they can be. Uh, and I think that gives Bruce Cassidy a little bit of latitude to, to give these guys chances, a little bit more reliance, especially if the veterans like your Marshalls and Stones are going to come through like they did tonight uh, to, to be the buffers. To answer your Braden Pahal question, uh, he is a player, he's a, the captain in Henderson, but he brings a lot of snarl and a lot of sandpaper, very physical, especially below the dots. You'll, you'll see the open eyes hit from Braden Pahal, but you'll also see him line guys up coming out of the corners. So he's a player that his physicality, not only does it work, affect you going north-south, it also affects you trying to work off the walls in your offensive zone when he's the guy you have to get through to get to the front of the net. So that kind of snarl, that kind of sandpaper uh, has value. And Braden Ball, another player that while the Golden Knights want to develop the rest of the defensive part of Daniil Miramanov's game, Braden Pahal, there's a little bit more offense there. Maybe not in terms of goal scoring, but in terms of puck movement in terms of being able to dictate the flow of the game from the back end. Uh, Braden Paul, another undrafted player, and again, for uh, one of our callers earlier, I think it was Mike, and I apologize for not remembering precisely, but the Golden Knights have done a pretty good job of finding players in the middle rounds and players in the uh, undrafted pool, if you will, to be able to contribute at the NHL level, and Braden Paul is another one that, uh, again, his veteran experience, a little older than Caden Korzak, maybe a little bit more familiar with with hard minutes and and those kinds of uh, gritty defensive zone shifts that were going to be required on a night like tonight, he got the call. Uh, But Braden Paul, that snarl on that sandpaper, I think, is what's going to be most noticeable for him when he's going to be in the VGK lineup. We'll hop out when we come back. We'll wrap things up on the extended postgame show. Brian McCormick here with you, presented by Dollar Loan Center. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Well, wrapping things up on the extended VGK postgame show from Parkway Tavern on Flamingo Road in Vegas. The Golden Knights, 6-5 winners tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I will not read you the entire out-of-town scoreboard. There's far too much to go through, but I will let you know that Alex Ovechkin has a hat-trick tonight for the Washington Capitals, and with that has 800 goals in his NHL career, now the third member of the 800-goal club behind Gretzky and one behind Gordie Howe for second place all-time. He'll certainly catch Howe. Will he catch Gretzky? That's the question, and we can say likely he may. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights, two goals tonight from Jonathan Marchessault, two from Mark Stone, a goal and three points from Daniil Miramanov, and a four-assist game from Chandler Stevenson. Pick up a big win, their 21st of the season, and their 13th on the road. That will do it for us tonight on the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Special thanks to Chris Chapman on the other side of the glass and Jed Donaldson here on site spinning the ones and twos. Golden Knights back in action on Thursday night at United Center in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Dan Duva and Gary Lawless will have the call with puck drop scheduled for 5.30. Pre-game coverage starting at 4.30 here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Final score, the Winnipeg Jets taken down by the Golden Knights at Canada Life Center by a 6-5 final. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks so much for spending your Tuesday night with us. We'll see you Thursday presented by Dollar Loan Center. This has been Vegas Golden Knights Hockey on the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.